This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with tech evangelist, author, senior R&D content engineer, the accordion guy himself, Joey DeVilla. I am Frederick Philip Von Weiss, and thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerd, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and do tech good. And speaking of doing tech good, we have an amazing sponsor that we have off zero. So uh, let's talk a little bit about them, and <laughs> we'll get into why that's uh, funny in a little bit. But off zero, they make it easy for developers to build a custom, secure, and standard-based unified login by providing authentication and authorization as a service. You could try them out now at authzero.com. You could go to their sites that follow the same pattern on the social medias. We have youtube.com slash authzero. We have Twitch TV. Uh, twitch.tv slash off zero and we have the developer playground and uh, cool, super cool events at the avocado labs.dev so check them out there that'd be super neato cool of you and please uh, if you can go to the YouTube subscribe subscribe to the show click the notification bell and get seven years of good luck we would really really appreciate that and let's get to our guest let's welcome him we have a very special guest today. We have tech evangelist, author, senior R&D content engineer, and rock and roll accordionist, the rock and roll accordion guy himself, Joey Devilla. Welcome back to the show, Joey. Super appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, always glad to be here. And you know what? I do love that. I do love that show intro that you have. <laughs> Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we, we work hard at our, our fun little intros. Yeah, it, it warms my 80s child heart. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Thunder Thundercats were the best. And uh, I don't know if you've seen, but they actually have some uh, alternative versions now. Like they have like a, like a little kid version where it's like all um, like funny, like, uh, like yeah. all, all the new goofy like uh, stuff on Cartoon Network. Like yeah. they do all that. And it's it's super cute, too. It's 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 a lot of fun. I have not seen it. I'll have to ch I'll have to check it out. And of course, gotta love the Revenge of the Nerds reference as well. Always classic. Uh, exactly. The, uh, great, great movies. If you don't know those, maybe don't go back and watch them because they're probably not up to date and <laughs> they're problematic. Up. But yeah, problematic. <laughs> but but they were funny for the time. And there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's like, oh, it's cringy. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, if you grew up on it, you grew up. So hey, man. Welcome back to the show. I think you've been on the Thunder Nerds now for like uh, 333 times. You know, we, we first met at a, at a dev fest somewhere dev or on fest. the moon with uh, Neil Armstrong. I'm not sure. Either one is is, is, is probably right. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, I'd love to know how uh, how things have been going. And obviously with the, uh, with the, with the vids, the COVID's going on, how has that affected your life? You can't travel. Um, how's business going? Uh, big, big question. Go for it. Kind of, kind of tricky. Well, all right. COVID, 
Uh, yeah, COVID presented a few challenges, not the least of which is that uh, last April, uh, my job evaporated. So I was doing, uh, I was doing mobile app development and um, they had to cut the staff by quite a bit. And as one of the newer people, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just got cut. So uh, what I did was I decided, okay, you know, that did give me time to finish a book for RayWenderlich.com. I was in the middle of revising, revising a book, my half of the book, uh, I, a book called iOS Apprentice, and it is a beginner's guide to iOS programming. So I was taking care of I was taking care of the half of the book that covered Swift UI programming, which is the new framework for developing apps in general for Apple products. So unlike the old way, which is kind of more like a, the visual basic visual 90s visual tool way where you dragged controls onto a window and then attached code to those controls. You were now doing. Uh, you were now doing it a little more declared. Uh, you were declaring uh, the actual UI in code and doing it declaratively. If you program in React, you're going to find it really familiar. So mm. it's a little more. It, it's a it's a modern way of doing it because uh, the way that you were doing it before UI can't really. I mean, that comes from the seventies. Um, <laughs> Does yeah. it really? Is that that the stem? Okay. Yeah, it, it yeah it is that it is that old. Like it goes all that that's that that small talk stuff. It was it was cutting edge in the seventies, but it was a, it was getting a bit old. And I mean that's why we do have these declarative reactive frameworks now, where you know you've got uh, you've got these user interfaces that keep track of a state, and then if you want to if you want a uh, if I were Johnny Cochran, I would just say, I, you know, if you want to update, change the state, that kind of thing. That would be my wrap for it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing is that now, uh, now we want reactive declarative UIs where the user interface actually properly models the underlying data. Whereas beforehand, what we always had to do is we always had to check, oh yeah, did I change that variable? Oh, I better update that thing on the screen. And you often forgot. Is it... Uh easy for people to understand the, the, the value here, Joey? Like, uh, I, I mean, you're explaining it and it sounds crystal clear, but is there somebody that's picking this up and taking a look and going, uh, I really like the old way I was doing things. As less friction, I'm gonna keep on the path that I've been taking. I know the roads, I know how to get there in five minutes. Like, how does that work? Uh, well, you know what, that, that happens anyways, right? I mean, uh, sure. you've got people who, You've got people who still say, you know what? I'd rather program in C. Very straightforward. It has C has less than forty keywords, right? Nice and simple. Like even the latest version of C, C nine. Actually, it's probably not C ninety nine anymore. But you know, it doesn't have that many keywords. It's really straightforward. We figured out. <laughs> we fi it does a lot. It runs on everything. Why would I need to learn one of these crazy newfangled uh, programming languages? It does happen. And uh, you know what? For um, if you can continue programming in a, a language from 1970, that's where C's from, and it yep. works for you. Especially you know if you're if you're in the world of embedded devices, or you're contributing to the Linux kernel, or you're writing uh, you're writing video games, and you can still do it. Yeah, all the more all the more power to you. You can get all the good object oriented goodness. 
that we have in modern languages in C. I mean, you're creating structs with uh, function pointers. Those are your methods. And then you've got variables in those structs. Those are your, uh, uh, you, you know, those are, uh, those are your properties. You can do it. I mean, if you're programming in GTK, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just building all these structs with function pointers and variables. Uh, and yeah. you're doing object-oriented programming that way. There's always some uh, some way to do a thing a uh, yeah. hundred different ways, right? I mean, I, I, I still know people that build a, uh, design websites in Photoshop, whatever. Sure. Hey, the results are the results. And if they're great, they're great. Good for you, right? Well, how, how do you um, how do you communicate the the value then to, to people like when, when you're selling this? What, what do you talk about first? Well, uh, in that in such a case, what I do is I end up talking with them about uh, a real life problem they've occurred. And uh, I, would, I would say something like, uh, when you get the notification badge on an icon for, I don't know, your email, and it goes, oh, hey, you've got two emails or you got two messages, and you click on it, and it turns out that you didn't have two messages. It's just that the uh, UI was really slow in updating that number. And you were, get, you were getting an update from minutes or hours ago. And I would point out, yeah, there, see, that is where a declarative reactive UI comes in really handy because the UI is always modeling what's, uh, what, what the underlying data actually contains. You didn't, right. have to, you didn't have to run some extra code going, oh, yeah, I better check this variable and then display that value somewhere on the UI. That's already been taken care. Of. That's already been taken care of for you. It, it this is less error prone. You uh, guess what? You, you you're doing less. You're you're doing less extra work now. You're not doing as much yak shaving anymore. <laughs> I don't know if they they used to use that. They used to use that term a lot, like the uh, Eric Raymond's uh, hackers dictionary, the jargon handbook, the hacker dictionary. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Used to, <laughs> that's awesome. Used to use the term "yak shaving" all uh, all the time. That that's from Renan's. That's a Renan Stimpy reference. <laughs> the, one of the best shows ever. Oh yeah, I, I never even heard of uh, a place where you could buy rubber nipples until that show. So yeah, well or, there you go. Teaching your grandmother how to suck eggs. Yeah, this is a funny show. <laughs> not appropriate for children, I don't think. Probably not. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyways, I was working on uh, that portion of the book, the new way to program, uh, program the iPhone. And then the other thing I did was I was also doing some uh, teaching on behalf of Computer Coach. They were, uh, they were offering a lot of courses, and I think there was some government stimulus money for it because uh, some of these courses were really expensive. And these, uh, I think the students were able to uh, attend for free or greatly reduced rates. Uh, and awesome. uh, they wanted to pivot to learning some programming. So I taught, uh, I taught uh, two, pi uh, two Python courses and a JavaScript course. And also at the same time, while it was still around, I also took a course, uh, managed to get, uh, there was some funding as well, so I got to take it at a greatly reduced rate. I took a security course, six weeks, uh, um, six weeks at the place that used to be called the Undercroft. They now go by the name Neon Temple, and it was uh, it was security training from uh, people who actually work in the security industry. Oh, that must have been super cool! I'm sure you picked up a ton from that. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I have, you know what? I, I knew how to do it theoretically. I've never, I never actually performed a dictionary attack or, uh, or uh, <laughs> let's see now, DDoS. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, you, you know, just set up a DDoS or just, yeah. All that what, stuff. What was, what, was, what was the most coolest thing you learned from that? Ooh, that's kind of tricky, actually. Uh, just like one, just really, one of them. Maybe, maybe not the most. Let's not say the, the quintessential thing, but one of the really cool things. It was a big, uh, it, it was a big burrito of cool. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, some of the coolest stuff I I, was I got to see, uh, I got to see a Ponagachi in action. Are mm -hmm. you familiar with those? No, I'm not. Mm. It is, uh, it is a Raspberry Pi Zero that is specifically set up for all kinds of, um, all, all, all kinds of uh, hackery things, including, uh, including Wi-Fi sniffing. And Ooh. it is incredibly cute. Uh, if anybody's listening to the podcast, go look it up. Ponagachi with Pone spelled as P-W-N and the gachi part kind of like Tamagotchi. I love the Tamagotchi. I got my cat to uh, leave. Uh, I trained it all the way and it left one day, left the nest. It's pretty cool. I, I cried uh -huh. a little bit, but, you know, I was 19, but I, I still miss that cat. <laughs> but, man, that's awesome. Good for you. Let, what, let me ask you, what was the, uh, what was the, what was the Sega Genesis uh, that, that made you write this? What, what, why? The, uh, which, the book or the? Yeah, the book. Sorry, yeah, I'm going back to the book. Oh, going back to the, uh, going back to the book? Okay, well, actually the book, this is, this would have been the eighth edition of this book. So it's been published for a oh, good long time. But the mm -hmm. other thing is, uh, I actually feel fondness and loyalty for this book because it is the book where that I used to learn iOS programming, a, a much earlier edition. So uh, I, I've, I've been writing articles every now and again for uh, raywenderlich.com. And when the opportunity came up to be an author for the book, I said, look, I want to do this um, because, well, one, it would be absolute fun. But two, I kind of, I, I want to pay it back. I learned from this book. So I would like to contribute to the latest edition of this book so that someone else will learn from this book. That's so cool. It must have felt like such an uh, honor and, and a joy to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, of course, is that this is the flagship book that Ray Wenderlich yeah. publishes. They have a whole bunch, but this was their first book. You know, and I actually, in the interview, to land the authorship job because they did they still did interview. They wanted to make sure that, you know, they were picking the right person for it. I basically said, look, if this, if all the books you publish are the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if all your books are the Ray Wenderlich Cinematic Universe, this book is Iron Man 1. And I, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I, I, I feel, I, I feel very special about this book. It's, it's Iron Man. Oh, that's so cool. And, and uh, again, for the audio listeners, we'll put links in the show notes. So wh where can somebody find out about the book? Okay, where you can go? find out about the book at raywenderlich.com. And uh, it's a tricky name to spell. So yeah, definitely check the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put a link in there. And yeah, um, and, um, yeah that, that's so cool. So why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, uh, really about the topic of the show, about the whole thing with with Off Zero about how you got the job, um, you know, you, you did some research. Maybe, maybe you, you know, you, you looked at some people on, on this oh, podcast. I some, possibly, oh, I did some research. Why didn't I get yeah. to that first? Okay, first of all, this job yeah. does not. Um, I owe you guys some beers. 
<laughs> I like beers. I only pass the beers because actually, yeah, this 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 job does not exist without the Thunder Nerds. Nice. Tip okay. And the reason for that is I used uh, I used this for research when uh, when I was uh, it's not auditioning, but when I was getting set up to talk to Auth Zero, I had a plan, you know, to land a job because they were advertising this content engineer job, which looked like it would fit me to a T. So I figured I should do my research. I should find out uh, who in the same who in the same department works at Auth Zero, what they do, what they're like, that sort of thing. And you had two, uh, you had two people from uh, what is now the developer marketing uh, department That's uh, right. as guests. So you had yeah. uh, you had Sam Julien. That's and right. He, and Sam, uh, let's see, he's now head of developer relations. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And you also have James Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Both of whom uh, we, both of whom I work with now. So that was great. So cool. I listened to their interviews at least twice, I'm pretty sure. And oh, nice. uh, you know, took took some notes and made sure that I uh, you know, and I internalized and figured out figured out a few things from what they said so that I would know what to say when it was my turn to be interviewed. <laughs> yeah, so it was really handy. So yes, uh, big, big debt of gratitude to the Thunder Nerds. If you want a job, listen to Thunder Nerds. That's, <laughs> you know, I, I tell a lot of people that all the time. So yeah, <laughs> thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. So, uh, so you you interview interview for the job. You go in, you get the job, and now you are uh, doing some R and D, which. You know, most people uh, know what the term is. Uh, I'm sure some people think it stands for uh, rivers and dams and something about streams. But maybe you could uh, communicate what R&D is and, and the value of R&D, what, what, what you're doing there. Okay. Well, R&D means research and development. And oh. uh, it, is what drive, it is what drives the industry forward. But uh, it's kind of interesting because, of course, it does mean all sorts of things. Um, it, yeah. In this case, it just means that um, I am, I am constantly researching and developing new ways to reach developers and uh, talk to them about a couple of things. One of which is programming uh, software, or programming software development, whatever you want to call it, in general. And then um, also, you know, if you're interested in this sort of thing, let me tell you about this authentication and authorization service that I happen to be able to hook you up with. Ah, you know, that's uh, that, that, that sort of thing. And it's a, and it's a, it is both simultaneously an interesting and boring product at the same time. And that's just kind of simply because, you know, it's interesting because it's computer, you know, it's, it's computer security. It, it's uh, this sort of thing is a vital component of most applications these days. But it's kind of boring because in the end, you know, you're thinking, "What? You mean logins? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing." But it's something that you don't, you know, under most circumstances, I would say 99.99% of cases, it's probably something that you don't really want to build yourself anymore. Um, just why, why would you just use a service? Yeah. I use a service exactly. for everything. Well, that's it. I mean, just as you don't go to the woods to chop down a tree so that you can get the wood to make a door, instead you go to Home Depot and you buy a standardized door. And um, 
ideally, uh, ideally they're constantly researching and improving doors all the time as well. I would hope, you know, yeah, uh, you know, especially, you know, here in Florida, you know, you've got these hurricane rated doors, uh, that sort of thing. And they're standardized and it's not, and they actually interface well with standard size doorknobs and locks. Yeah, that is the same. That is the same deal with Auth0. I mean, we are using, we are using specific standards like OpenID Connect and OpenAuth 2.0 and, uh, at the same time, we are uh, we're putting these standards together in a way that makes it easy for you to use, so you don't have to worry so much about the authentication part of your application. You can worry about what the main thing your application does. The idea yeah, is to that's, that, that, yeah, that exact. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, being able to um, to to delegate your time as far mm -hmm. as. I'll just use this rather than spending X amount on that. I really need my application to do X, Y, and Z or my website, what have you. Right. Um, and, and, and then being able to uh, depend on that and even more uh, validity to the, to be, to, to talk about how amazing Auth0 is, there's a, there's a new component to everything now that uh, I believe you could talk about, right? There's uh, something that rhymes with the word Akahusin. Acquisition. <laughs> well, yeah. what rhymes with acquisition? It's like snack acquisition. <laughs> acquisition. Boom. What rhymes with snack acquisition? Tell me. Tell me, Joey. What? What happened? Okay. Well. Well, you see, Frederick, when two companies like each other very much, <laughs> they they have a special hug, and a new yes, company is formed, and and There's money so is exchanged. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, the love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, both. Uh, well, there is a company called Okta, and they are uh, they are a good deal larger and a little bit older than we are. I believe Okta's Okta's origin story starts in about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and they are also in the business of authentication and authorization, but in a slightly different area. In fact, uh, they are in, um, I mean, their real bread and butter actually is employee authorization. So if you are a company and of course, you've got, you, you've got all your standard company software and you want your employees to be able to log into those systems, you are using, um, you're basically using uh, what uh, employee authorization and that is something that they excel at so there are these large fortune uh 500 fortune 250 fortune uh, 100 companies who do um who whose employees log in using okta so the uh, okta's particular market is the c-suite the uh, cto chief technical officer and the cio the chief uh, ciso the chief information security officer. So that's the market they target. But that's a, and that is a pretty big market. Whereas Auth0, on the other hand, basically is going after is going well, after developers who are building apps who want to provide who need to provide some kind of login authentication service. So we're going at we're yeah, our target market, uh, we're actually directly talking to developers. So um, we're the yeah yeah we're the t-shirts and hoodies, and you know they're the they're the blazers they're the blazers and loafers and together, together we are we are forming. 
the uh, the mullet of identity for the web for the net. <laughs> so business, I love that. The mullet of identity, business in the front, party in the back. Ah, there we go. Okay, gotcha. I, I was thinking about some kind of transformer, but I, I like the mullet analogy, which I always do. Got it. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. So, so yeah, I mean, you have a a, a bright future i'm sure ahead there must be some uh, crazy exciting plans uh for the you know two to three year down the road and what that's going to look like being able to serve all these different uh, uh levels of clients you know from yeah. from from what you said with the programmers up to uh, enterprise i'm sure um yeah that's amazing yeah, and uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. And uh, what's going to happen, at least in the very short term, in fact, actually, is that uh, um, what uh, you know, customers, new customers may come up to one company or the other and go, "I need this," and uh, our sales teams will take a look and go, "You know what? Uh, our buddy here is probably better suited to you," and vice versa. So what's going to happen is, yeah, in certain cases, people are going to go up, go up to us and say, I need this. And then we're, somebody's going to go, no, 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 you need, uh, you know what, you need employee authentication, go here. Or uh, on the other hand, somebody's going to go, you know what, you need, you need application uh, per user, user level application authentication. Yeah, you want, you, you want the auth zero side of the company or often, to, or maybe uh, in some cases, uh, an organization might need both. But, yeah, uh, you know, I was going to ask you that question, like, uh, what happens for uh, your existing cu customers on both sides, right? On the left and the right of, of the same body? Is there, uh, are there uh, very uh, advantageous um, uh, things that come along with this where they go, oh, wow, now I get this and now I get that on, on both sides, right? Yeah, I mean, if they were buying, if they were buying a specific service, uh, Things continue. Things continue as normal. It's just that uh, you know what the catalog got bigger. It's like going to Amazon and find suddenly finding double the page, double the pages. Yeah, sure. Wow, that's amazing. So, uh, does this uh, does this change your role in any way? Or now are you are you doing it for are you doing R and D for both uh, entities? Or I mean, obviously it's going to be same entity. I'm sure it's like a, a plan down the road to you know kind of a, to, together. Looks like short term, same entity, because a lot of mm -hmm. it is still kind of figuring out what the other half of the organization can do. Right. So, you, you know, and a lot of that, uh, a lot of that requires, uh, a lot of that just requires a lot of conversations between uh, our, counterpart, our counterparts on the other side. And sure. that, 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 that's, that's just going to take time, planning, a little bit of execution. Some of it has already happened. So we've had, uh, you mentioned uh, earlier at the start of the show, during the sponsor message, yeah, the, the Auth0 Twitch channel. So uh, earlier today, we had a joint uh, show off your projects, show off your personal projects uh, Twitch session. Oh, that's fun. With some people, uh, some people from Okta Developer Relations and some people from Auth0 developer relations uh, and me included, and we were just we were just showing off our various projects. So, nice. uh, yeah, and we're 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 just beginning we're we're just beginning to get to know each other uh, by uh, sheer coincidence. It turns out I knew someone from uh, 
from Okta DevRel uh, because we both at one point worked at uh, Microsoft. So it was kind of it, it, it was it was kind of nice. It, it was uh, Joel Franusik uh, back from it. I knew him back from his uh, BizSpark days at Microsoft when I was uh, when I was a developer evangelist there, and I was trying really hard to make Windows Phone happen. I tried. <laughs> I did my part. Yeah, there you go. I like some of the Windows technology. I still have a Zune. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? I um, when I moved from Toronto, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff, but I did sell my Zunes to somebody who I know is taking very, very good care of them. Actually, it was the <laughs> it was the it was the last Zune, the Zune HD, the one with the Windows Phone like interface. In fact, uh, they hadn't oh, told nice. us about Windows Phone Seven yet. But I remember playing with the Zune HD, and I was going, "Why do why do they not just wrap a phone around this? This could be something." And it turns out it was already in the works. Isn't that funny how that how that happens? Uh, that 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 happens a lot, and that's what that's kind of what you get. That's kind of what you get used to. Like it began to mm -hmm. slowly dawn on me that uh, uh, that of course, and this is just a natural consequence of acquisitions, is that Okta knew about the plan long before even pe even the highest level people at Auth0 did, right? Sure. Yeah. That, it, that, that, I mean, that, that's the way Major time works. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, there, I, I am sure there are parts of the plan, you know, there are parts of the plan that are not visible to me yet. And um, a good chunk of what's going to make this year interesting, aside from the constant acceleration of uh, post-COVID, is that yeah every every day is going to be a little bit of a surprise i don't mind that that's kind of a lot of fun and you know what after after sticking at home for about a year now yeah i, I could use a couple of surprise good surprises are you, are you going crazy did, uh, for, first off let me ask you did you get your uh, dot dot cootie shots did you get your two two vaccines and uh, what flavor yeah. did you get did you get uh, yes, vanilla chocolate or pfizer Yes, I did. I got Pfizer. It was just down the street because I live in Seminole Heights, Hipster Central. The Publix has Man Bun Monday. <laughs> nice. Oh, I should go there. <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah. But I am just down the street from the old Greyhound track. Mm. And the old Greyhound track has been converted to a FEMA site, which means not only do I get a shot, but... Um, uh, if you go there, you get a shot from Air Force banners. Like uh, it's oh. the Air Force who are helping hustle people from uh, from section to section, and they're in and they're in full uniform because it's a well, government. I, I, because it's a government. Yeah, because it's a government site. They figured they would get government. Yeah, they would get government crowd control people to shuffle you through it, and they were quite efficient. Like uh, if it weren't for yeah, like the actual getting processed and getting the shot and waiting and waiting the 15 minutes after to make sure there weren't any immediate adverse reactions was about 25 minutes all told. Very efficiently run. Uh, they, they processed a lot of people. The parking was the, was the time consuming thing. Yeah, I bet everybody's trying to get there and trying to get their shot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I went to the uh, CVS and probably, I don't, I don't even remember where it is, like 45 minutes away from me. I just went anywhere I could. Okay. And, you know, I was actually very lucky. They, they were very professional. They got me in and out like that. It was, uh, it was, it was you know, a, a nice experience as it could be. So 
I'm pretty happy. Let me ask you, do you have, I, I know I do. I have a, I don't know if I'm just paranoid, if I just have like, you know, made up trepidation, but I'm still like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm two weeks in. I'm still, I'm still kind of scared to go out and in, in, in public, uh, even though, you know, like they say the Pfizer, it's pretty good against the variants and et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm just shell shocked or I, I don't want to see people anymore. <laughs> I don't no, know. What, 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 what do you think? What do you feel? Let's put it this way. Uh, you play D&D? I, I know of D&D &D and I have played it. I haven't played it okay, in a while. Okay, so you, ha you have played D&D, &D, right? Well, yeah, we used to have like a live D&D &D thing at, uh, at my school, Ringling School, the uh, Ringling College of the Arts, and they, they would do like a D&D &D at midnight. Okay, so you've rolled the 20-sided die, right? Yes, sir. Okay, well, here's the thing, right? Uh, the, Pfizer, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, 95% effective means 5% ineffective, just like Miracle Max from uh, Princess Bride, you know? Mostly oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Mostly bad. <laughs> it's still partly alive. It's still right. like, oh, Billy Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, 95% effective means 5% ineffective. That's rolling a one. Any D&D player knows sooner or later that's going to happen. Yeah, that, that's why I'm, I'm just, I'm scared. 5% like... is still, 5% is still, still a pretty good chance. Still a pretty good chance. There, you know, there's also some vaccine hesitancy out there. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on how many people are getting their shots in the end. Like uh, at a certain yeah. point, you know, and I will listen to and there are people I can listen to. Uh, you know, there is Dr. Fauci and the rest of the CDC. And I have an additional bonus. Uh, oh, yeah. my, and uh, that is that my sister, Dr. Eileen Davila, is the chief uh, is the chief medical officer for health for the city of Toronto. Oh, City I forgot. Trump. Yeah, because your, your your parents were both doctors, and I, I forgot your sister went to the medical profession as all, as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah all, all all municipal health issues are hers. Like I know what restaurants not to eat at. Nice <laughs> in Toronto. So yeah, I uh, yeah I check up on her as well. So she's got <laughs> she's got good recommendations. So in the meantime, yeah, I'm 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 still holding back. Uh, I have. You know, uh, the couple of times I've gone to a restaurant to actually sit down, it was outdoors. They were actually both in St. Pete. So mm -hmm. uh, the new one, uh, uh, the new dock, dock forwards, the one it's, it's by St. Pete Pier, the new St. Pete Pier, which uh, it mm -hmm. was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Actually, both times they were restaurants. Uh, they, they were open air restaurants by St. Pete Pier, uh, you know, so outdoors. Uh, I've had a couple of. Uh, really small gatherings, like just two, two, three friends outdoors on my front lawn. And that's about it. Holding off until I'm holding off, but I don't want to, you know, I'm hoping that uh, let's see how things go after, say, the 4th of July, that, that they're kind of treating that as an arbitrary marker. Let's see. Let's see how things go, because one thing I want to bring back and, you know, maybe I can still do it outdoors is a meetup that my wife and I run Coders, Creatives and Craft Beer. And it is just an excuse for to get our geeky and creative friends together at Seventh Sun Brewery in Seminole Heights for beer and some food and conversation. And Nothing wrong I, with that. Yeah, I greatly miss that. And I would love to bring it back. I, I hope that happens very soon. That sounds great. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I will definitely come. Honestly, please invite me because I will be there. 
Uh, let, let, let me ask you a, a few more things because I want to get to some, some other things about music. But I, I really want to ask you for the people that, um, that are interested in uh, getting into R&D. You know, you, you, I imagine you don't, um, you, you don't go to school for R&D, <laughs> you know, you don't come out of college and go, I'm, I'm going to do research and development. You, you know, you, it, it's kind of a thing, I guess, it, it, it just progressively makes sense as you're traveling through your career, right? So how, how, do, how does one um, uh, get, into, get into that field? And then how does one become successful for the, for the people that are going, yeah, you know, this is the way I'm going. Can you give me some tips, some ideas to help me improve my uh, my career journey and and uh, what what I'm thinking about how everything makes sense to me while I'm while I'm going down this path. Okay, well, uh, let's see now. Loaded I, question. Loaded question. Well, I can give you a dumb short answer and then expand on it. I love that. That sounds great. All right, and I guess the thing is, um, well, you know what? Dumb short answer is. Let's say you find twenty bucks on the street. Would you buy Dogecoin with it just to see what happened? And if your answer kind of leans closer to yes, then I would say maybe you do have that particular inclination towards R&D. In this case, you know, um, you know that, that tendency to go, let, let's, let's poke at it and see what happens. Let's, let, let's do a little bit of experimenting. Let's see what's possible. You know, and it is kind of, uh, and it is kind of an interesting area to be in right now. Now, as far as R and D goes, yeah, that's right. There is no, um, there is no, there is no certificate program. There is no college major uh, that is called R and D. It comes, oh. it comes disguised in all sorts. It comes disguised as all sorts of things. Sometimes it comes disguised as engineering sometimes it comes disguised as computer science sometimes it comes disguised as philosophy the idea is um, as long as you are expressing some kind of curiosity and willingness to experiment and put in the work uh, you are uh, you are cut out you are cut out for r d and if you want to play around, if you want to play around with things, especially new things, especially if you want to, uh, I'm a Canadian, so you know I've got to use the standard term. I've got to use the Canadianism. You want to skate to where the puck is going, not where the puck is or has been. And um, one way, uh, you know, and one way to think about it is uh, let's consider languages. Uh, let's let's consider what are considered the really popular languages right now, because uh, uh, you're doing some development work, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Which language? A little bit of uh, JavaScript, mm -hmm. CSS, HTML. You know, I play around with Vue, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, but JavaScript, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that's a 25 year old language. Yeah. Right. Okay, JavaScript 1995. Uh, if you are a .NET developer, you are probably, you are more than likely programming in C Sharp. Yeah. 2000. It's actually the newest of the mainstream languages right now. Java 1995. Cold okay. Fusion. <laughs> actually, I, I hear it's in use, but you know, I, but Cold Fusion is either early 90s or late 80s, can't remember. Something like that, yeah. I think it's oh, more yeah. 90s. Yeah. 
PHP, 90, 1994, actually worked and, as a site. Still going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ruby, 1995, and Python, the super hot language, 1991. Like, oh, really? we were talking. Yeah. Yeah, Guido, yeah, Guido Van Rossum was, uh, yeah, put, put out the first version in 1991. When I started working with it in 1999, uh, Python 1.8, you still had to import the string module to work with strings. It wasn't built in yet. No, it's funny and, how that yeah, works. What I'm talking about lately are these, you know, is 2010, the languages of the 2010s. We have been, we are working with, yeah, the languages that we're using right now, you know, I mean, are, are generally from the nineties are generally from the nineties and they, uh, and they carry, and they carry with them lessons learned from programming in the eighties. And, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of them are from, uh, are, are from a time when, you know, um, at least home computers could not run some form of Unix because they re they required some ridiculously large, some ridiculously large amount of disk space, like five whole megabytes. <laughs> you know, so, so they, funny. so yeah, so the, these 90s languages are carrying a lot of, a, a lot of baggage of 80s design. And they were meant to, they were meant to, they, they were meant to solve problems that, you know, people had come up with the 80s. In fact, one of the selling, one of the selling points of, uh, uh, of Java, the programming language was, oh yeah, simple, yeah, simple C++ syntax. That is the only time you're ever going to hear those words in the same sentence. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So, but there's, there's this whole new wave of 2010s languages, and they, they have a few things in common, including things like, you know, they, they embrace, uh, you can use them really well as object-oriented programming languages or functional programming languages. Uh, no semicolon. Most of them no semicolons. Uh, they, I mean, they kind of they they kind of figured out co their compilers are smart enough to know when the end. You've actually hit the end of a line. Uh, let's see now. You know, they're uh, some of them provide some declarative interfaces. A lot of them know. Um, a lot of them have optionals. In other words, they know um, they know how to handle null types because mm -hmm. null pointers. Uh, uh, Professor C. A. R. Hoare calls null. He invented the null pointer, but he also calls it his billion-dollar mistake. It causes lots of problems. That's what optionals are there for. Uh, yeah, just all all kinds of lovely new language features, and you know, some of them you've seen before. Uh, it, some of the some of the names you should be familiar with. You know, there's Dart, there's Go, uh, Rust, Swift, Kotlin, TypeScript. I, that, I was trying to think that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Some other ones like uh, you know, there's some other interesting ones like Crystal, which is, uh, you know, what if you, what if you had a language with C speed but Ruby syntax, you know, or Ballerina. What if the what if the concepts of networks and concurrency were already built into the language? So, you know, what if you could treat the network as a data type? You know, and that you know, and that's kind of interesting because nowadays, you know, a lot of these old programming languages were designed when computers were not connected to the internet, were not connected to the internet all the time. You had to, 
had to fire up the modem and make the modem sound. Like I don't. Um, yeah, to put your phone to the thing, just like yeah. in science. Yeah, and in fact, actually, I know that there's at least one old show. I think it's Stargate, where at the end, after the credits run, they're trying to brag, visit us on our website, and they play the modem sound. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I Just love kind of the sound effect while they print the URL on the screen. It's really funny. That's awesome. I, you know, I always wondered if the, uh, you ever hear that thing with the Captain Crunch whistle guy? Was that like a true story? Yeah. Where oh, you could... I... <laughs> I have stories about him. Yes, I have met him. Oh, you have? Okay. I yeah. Have John uh, Draper. For, yeah. For the people who don't know, there was like a thing like you could blow like this Captain Crunch whistle that came in the cereal box and you yes. were able to get like, like free internet or something like that. You were able to make free calls before hacking. That's there it. was something, yeah. Before hacking, there was something called freaking, p h r e a k i n g, and freaking, yeah, freaking is phone hacking, and the idea was to try and make, uh, try and make free phone calls uh, all over the world. And the way you could do it was the phone system's controlled by tones. One of the tones, uh, I believe, it gives you operator level control or something like that is a tone of 2600 hertz which a giveaway whistle in captain crunch cereal happened to emit when you blew into it so john <laughs> draper tries it takes you know makes himself the operator gives himself all kinds of free phone calls and becomes known to the world as captain crunch that's so funny just the randomest things like people to try uh and, and you should try captain crunch because crunch berries are delicious i, I oh, want to yeah. get to this uh this uh, uh user comment here uh um uh, todd libby's asking any r d books that you could recommend uh, and, and i'll extend that to any any resources that you think people should go out and take oh, a look wow. at but if you could first um uh address todd's question here about books Let's see, R&D uh, books. Actually, in the end, I would have to, the R&D book I would end up going with, like just as, an, as a kind of way to prepare your mind to research, uh, to do R&D type work is, mm -hmm. uh, can't remember his first, I think it's Gregor, but last name is Polya, P-O-L-Y-A. Okay. And it's a classic book called How to Solve It. And it's a book full of mathematical problems. And, um, you know, like, uh, and, and it's like, how many, uh, how many uh, balls of a certain radius can you fit into a box? But there are all these mathematical conundrums. And then they, uh, he explains how to solve these problems. Uh, at the very least, what it does is it teaches you an approach to problem solving. I guess any book, any book that walks through some kind of methodical problem, so problem solving, uh, uh, process is probably really helpful. Uh, there's another author, I believe his name is Petrosky, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. He's written a whole bunch of stuff about the way engineers think, and that is the way to do it. One thing to remember, of course, is that what we are doing uh, is not quite is is not is not actually shouldn't actually be considered as close close to science, which is just pure research but engineering, which is basically taking what we know of science or what we generally know and finding a way to apply it to solve specific problems. And uh, yeah, that, uh, that's what I can recommend off the top of my head. But yeah, I think Petrosky and Polya are uh, 
yeah, those are the two names that popped up to me immediately. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll find that and we'll put a link in the show notes then. Yeah, you, you know, I wanted to ask you. You 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 uh, you're aware of so many different technologies, and obviously that's you know part of your thing, part of your career. What what actually gets you out of bed in the morning? What is your thing where you're like, you know what, I need I need to learn about this. I'm so passionate about this whether it's a new technology or old technology, but this is something that, you know, it, when, when you get up, you're like, I, I, I got to find out more about this. Do, do you have something such as that, that kind of inspiration? Oh, yeah. And what I try and do is I try and hang on. Uh, I, I try and keep one of those things active at any given time. Um, in, this, in this particular case, actually, right now, it is making sure that I've got better understand. Uh, you know, I've got a better understanding of Flutter. Mm. Uh, so okay. uh, just because, you know what, it is a, uh, it works on all sorts of platforms. Like most, a lot of people do think of it as a, um, as cross-platform mobile development, but it is also, it, it also works for cross-platform web, applica yeah, web application development. And it is part of my, um, it's, it belongs either in the 20% part or the 10% part of my uh, technology knowledge portfolio. And what I mean by that is that uh, generally what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to keep my knowledge portfolio in three buckets, kind of like the way an investor would do, where 70% is in pretty sure things, 20% is in strong maybes, and 10% is just way out there. Like, I'm, uh, maybe it'll, you know, it's a bit of a long shot, but maybe it'll pay off. But I want to study it because I'm interested, and I find sure. it interest, and I find it interesting. And you know, it's kind of the same way where uh, an investor would go, yeah, seventy percent in mutual funds, twenty percent in maybe this fancy fund, and ten percent in uh, Carol Baskin's new uh, crypto coin. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, <laughs> no, I haven't cat, heard that one. Big cat rescue lady from Tiger King. Yeah. She yeah. just put out a coin. Of course she did. Why not? It's 2021. Yeah, exactly. That was not, that was not on my 2021 bingo card. But uh, that's yeah. the thing. Uh, uh, highly good for highly her. Unpredictable. Uh, yeah, highly unpredictable these days. Um, that one got me. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll send you the link. You should put it in the notes. Oh, yeah. Please send me the link. I, I need that in the show notes. Well, hey, we're, we're getting close to the end, and I, I want to get to our uh, our next segment, which is some music. So uh, you have been getting, obviously, you know, you're the accordion guy, but now you've been getting into some different hardware. Do you mind uh, explaining the, the, the new way you're going down? And maybe you could uh, play some uh, some music for us? Actually, it's the old way. I started off as a... I, I started off as a... Uh, as an organ player, actually, we had an organ. We had an organ at home, and uh, I, I went to Yamaha Organ School. And in a fit of rebellion, when I was either seventeen or eighteen, because the only way out of grade uh, grade three of the accordion school, this was the Yamaha Accordion School, was to finish the Barry Manilow book. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. I did one last performance, and uh, yeah managed to get myself ejected from the school after it. And that's because uh, they wanted you to sing and play at the same time. And I sang uh, 
with, uh, I sang using the voice of weirdly gruesome from the Flintstones, you know, the creepy guy whose house always had the cloud over it. They were kind of like Frankenstein-y and- uh, Yeah, you know, they were the goths. Yeah, yeah, they were sort of gothy. And uh, yeah, he had a wife named Creepella and he would say, oh, Creepella, you look so nauseatingly beautiful this evening. You know, <laughs> he had that Peter yeah. Morty voice. So I sang, uh, it was Barry Manilow's Weekend in New England. And I sang it using that voice, and they soon it, I, they say they basically said, "Here's your certificate. Don't come back." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, but I joined some bands, played some synth, and I got into the accordion just simply because uh, I was complaining to a friend that I cannot drag a synth out on the street, and he said, "Look, I've got an accordion in my basement. Take it. You play it." I said, "Okay." So that's how I ended up taking it up. So uh, one of the things I want to do is do more programming videos. And I would like to have, uh, I, I want to have my own music on them anyway. So I picked up a Korg i3 keyboard. Uh, I'm not sure you can see it in the back. It's, it's right behind me here. Oh, there we go. Beautiful. It's right behind me here. It is an Arranger keyboard. It is probably the best bang for the buck. It is shockingly cheap for what you get. I do like the sound of core keyboards. I actually have, I actually kept my 1991 synth here. It's a Station AD. It's a bit of a collector's item now. And yeah, I, I do. Uh, and yeah, I am working on, uh, I am working on playing, uh, uh, playing some stuff that will end up in my programming videos and there'll be a lay an accordion track on top of them and i've been noodling around with uh the one rhythm setting on this thing that is as close as chord dares to get to a very popular song without getting sued every keyboard manufacturer who makes an accord uh, makes has an arranger kind of band in a box feature always tries to include one pop song that uh, probably somebody at the store can demo and go, oh, I can sound like, I can sound like the hit of the moment. Sure, yeah. Let me get that Taylor Swift going. Yeah, exactly. So here, I'll... Uh, here. Let's hear it. Are you going to play, play something for I'm gonna us? Play, I'm going to quickly play the song of the moment, or I'll play uh, the setting of the moment. Yes, please. And thank you. Let's see if I can't get this out. Is that coming across? I don't. Yeah, we can hear it perfectly. But here's here's the close to copyright breaking part. Oh, nice. It's close because the real part is actually. Yeah, so been having fun with that. I'm going to have to write a song called Bad Pie about Python. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. That's awesome. Nice. Well, hey, Joey, we're, we're getting to the end of the show, and I just want to provide uh, two things. First, I want to uh, ask, or well, actually, I want to ask you if there's uh, the. This seems to be all the locations that people could find you uh, at, at Twitter, Accordion Guy. I, I see a pattern here. Um, then, the, oh, LinkedIn, Joey Davila, um, the Global Nerdery. 
uh, your blog, Joey Davila, and obviously Off Zero. Um, do you mind just quickly uh, uh, talking about Global Nerdery and what that is? Global Nerdy. Okay, Global Nerdy is my personal tech uh, is is my personal tech site. Been up since two thousand six. The name was randomly determined by a program that uh, I wrote and two cows. Uh, who I used to work for, their domain, na- their domain name reseller. They used to, uh, they had an API called Name Spinner. You could provide it with a bunch of words, and it would spit back all these available domains that you might want to buy based on. It was those great words. service back then. Yeah, and uh, I I tested my own app by going. I need a name for my tech site. I think I threw in uh, nerd, and one of the suggestions it spat out was global nerdy, and I thought, wow, that is. Uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of like a Japanese video game. That's a Japanese <laughs> video game name. Like, that sounds like a bad guy from Metal Gear. It you does, know, like, doesn't it? Characters like Sniper Wolf and I was like, Global Nerdy, he might, <laughs> the evil hacker. So I'm going, okay, I'm going to go with Chicken. That. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. a great name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I went with that. And since then, I've just kind of been writing about tech topics that are interesting. But the also, also the thing I've been doing is I post a weekly list of um, tech entrepreneur and nerd events centered in and around the Tampa Bay area, kind of as a service, uh, just telling people, oh, yeah, here's what's going on. Currently, the list is for online uh, events that have some kind of online feature. Eventually, once things get better, I will list all the events, even the in-person events. So uh, check that out. And I also do a fair bit of, uh, um, yeah, I do a fair bit of writing about programming. Uh, I like to think that uh, the best description of um, the time and date classes in Swift <laughs> appear on that blog. Go check it out. Uh, yeah, so that's, bas- that's basically what that blog is about. It's me trying to serve the tech community one way or the other. I love it. And, and you've had that blog for, for a long time, right? You've been writing since uh, like 2006 in there? Global Nerdies 2006. And yeah. uh, the according guy blog, joeydevilla.com, has its 20th birthday this November. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's so cool, man. Yeah, you've been doing it for a while. Well, hey, we're right about at the end of the show. Next segment, words of wisdom. Joey, I want to ask you uh, at, at the end here, if you could uh, provide our audience any kind of parting words of wisdom, uh, any advice out there, anything you want to say, floor is yours. Okay, well, uh, I guess uh, for one, I mean, we are... Um, you know what? Uh, see what you can learn from history. We are just coming out from under a pandemic. See, look at the things that happened after previous pandemics, uh, especially now, because uh, think of the Great Plague, which uh, coincided with the invention, uh, nearly with the invention of the printing press. And now think of the current plague that we're under and how it coincides with um, relatively recent developments. It's, it's not exactly the same type but close enough for rock and roll, uh, this relatively recent development of ubiquitous, constantly networked computing and where that fits in. Uh, beyond that, the other bit of advice, uh, I'm going to totally, I'm totally stealing from, uh, uh, I believe it's uh, the Sikorsky Helicopter Company. And it's something, it, it was something that they had posted to a bulletin board, something about basically going, look, look at the Bumblebee, uh, its weight distribution is all wrong. Its wing size is all wrong. There's no way it should fly, but it doesn't know that, and it does it anyway. 
do the same thing, be the bumblebee. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Joey, thank you so much again for being on the show. As we said, for the uh, 333rd time, and I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll do it again, and hopefully oh, we'll be able to see you in the future in the flesh at, at the next conference. That. And uh, I'll, I'm definitely taking you up on on St. Pete coming down and having a having a beer with you and uh, most definitely and, and, and your wife. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, let's now, make it happen. Yes, please, and thank you. <laughs> well, hey, uh, again, uh, for the Thunder Nerds, I am Frederick Philip von Weiss. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. So, oh, hold on. got one comment. One comment. Oh, God, thanks all. Hey, thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. <laughs> see you, everybody. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us for you. Keep a few stars our way. I enjoy the best podcast for technology out there, and that is Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. That's our new intro. <laughs> exactly. I hope you don't mind if we use that. I'll have to say about it after the show. Oh, I love penguins. I love Frederick. Oh, I love penguins. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?